0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, you can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks, a podcast that discusses the improvement of physician engagement and physician documentation habits by focusing on the core aspects of clinical documentation integrity. Here is the creator and founder of Core CDI, the co-founder of Top Gun Audit School, and your host of this podcast, Glenn Kraus.
1: Hello, this is Ren Krause from Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks and Core CDI with another great podcast. I have the privilege of having Dr. Dina Arapu, MD, CHCQM-Physician Advisor with me today. He's a certified physician advisor for Geisinger Health System since September 2019. He's been a hospitalist since 2010. He's a team leader for hospitalists for the past five years. He serves as co-chief of medicine department for three years. He blogs at hospitalistx.com. If you haven't checked out his blogs, check it out. He's got some great information there. And he runs a Facebook group of physician advisors, which currently has close to 2,000 physicians, quite a few. And he also has a master's of public health in healthcare organization and policy from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Dr. D, welcome to the podcast. You certainly have a distinguished background going back 10 years now.
2: Privileged to be invited for this opportunity. And um, I have a disclaimer. These views are mine and have nothing to do with my employer.
1: Okay, it's a good Thank idea. You. Yeah, no problem. So welcome, Dr. D. I think I met you on LinkedIn and you've, uh, you've made several comments about my post on LinkedIn and CDI, so I appreciate that. So I wanted to reach out to you as a practicing hospitalist. I have a couple of questions or things I want to run by you as a practicing hospitalist and see what your thoughts are in relationship to documentation, CDI, and the challenges of communicating and charting in the, in the record. So as a first one, I want to go over, as a practicing hospitalist, and for most hospitalists, What are your specific challenges and pain points in documentation and charting? You know, I just read something on the Medical Economics Daily email about the 2020 survey and burnout. And one of the two top things that hospitalists or or physicians have indicated in the survey is the charting and dealing with payer regulations. And the second top concern contributing to burnout from the survey was a work-life balance with spending enough time off-duty? And I think uh, you probably can speak to the fact that charting is not getting any easier and consumes so much of your time. So what specifically are your specific challenges and pain points?
2: That's a very good question, Glenn. There are two major points that are really are not very conducive for proper charting. One is we are already busy. Our job, we can uh, name it as intense or fast-paced. And we have limited time in a day, mm-hmm. and uh, there are so many things to do each day that we don't have time for thinking and doing a proper chatting. Even though, for example, um, if I take myself, I'm very well trained, but then I also miss some points because I don't have time to think. Our day is uh, completely busy with doing rounds for the patients. We call interdisciplinary team rounds, then family meetings, committee meetings, lunch and learn meetings sometimes the census is high, and there are multiple interruptions from nurses, social workers, case management, specialists uh, to do our regular everyday job. And added to that, there may be admission or a sick patient, and so on. I can just keep naming them. But the fact is, we have limited time. And though we know how to document, we still miss some. And the next thing I can uh, mention is lack of widespread CDA education. We can see this is very common in daily, day-to-day practice for us. We see a lot of notes temp- with uh, made with templates. They are so bloated and with the uh, information overload. Sometimes the patients are here for a long time, like a month. Yeah. And there's no way the time I can review everything, make sure all the documentation is right, starting from day one. Now, if I don't do that, I get queries. So it's very limited power I have to correct the holes when the patient has been here for a long time. And sometimes the method of documentation, especially by the critical care doctors, they document organ system wise. That means they don't document the exact diagnosis they send. They just say CVS well, or so we will do this. But what are you doing? What are, What is the diagnosis that you are treating it for? So then we have to keep searching for those diagnoses. Where are they in the chart? And uh, imagine sitting in a bloated chart how to find these diagnoses. Sometimes we get a patient inherited from some other doctors who didn't document well. If the patient is here for a long time, there's no way I can just go over uh, all the chart and collect all those diagnoses. And if I get a patient after 30 days and then the query comes was a sepsis present on admission, I can't prevent because, you know, I don't know the patient that time. And I didn't have the time to review those many days. So this is just a lack of widespread education. We can focus on educating the hospital or critical care doctors, but mm-hmm. there are more people, you know, the critical care doctors will work with uh, the advanced practitioners or we have new doctors coming in and there's no way to teach everything for the new doctors in the mm-hmm. short time. So these are all the challenges. And uh, our belief that, you know, the doctors believe that the first obligation is to treat the patient. And documentation comes secondly. And we are already busy with treating, so the documentation takes a second step. And sometimes we also believe that, suppose patient potassium is like 3.4, or sodium is like 131. We just ignore those because we are so busy. We just say, it's not that serious, it's common, so just let's not document hypotelemia or hyponatremia. What's the big deal kind of thinking. So because when when we're busy, these things get lost like that. Rarely we do conflicting documentation. Sometimes what I noticed was some doctors feel that the patient has acute respiratory failure, but mm-hmm. the next day I come, I don't feel it. I don't document it, but the query comes, okay, specialist documented. Do you agree or not? So the query, I can't prevent those queries, even though I do my best. I think, to so put it in two words, lack of time and lack of widespread C.D.I. education are, I think, the biggest challenges in documentation for our hospital.
1: Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with many of my colleagues being hospitalists. C.D.I. pretty much focuses on capturing additional diagnosis in the form of C.C. or M.C.C. that Offers the hospital additional reimbursement for a higher weighted DRG, or if, you, if the hospital is getting paid under a system of APR DRGs, then uh, you know, there, there are certain diagnoses that jack up risk adjustment factor score through interaction of different diagnoses. Now, being a practicing hospitalist, what would you like to see in CDI to make it easier to facilitate quick, effective communication of care? uh, charting much more quickly as opposed to copying and carrying, what do they call it, copy and carry forward, also known as copy and paste, which turns into clone documentation. Every patient looks the same. You have note below, just like you mentioned, 20 pages on a progress note. How do you envision CDI really helping physicians, not just queries? What could they do to help enhance efficiency for physicians when it comes to charting?
2: I think... Education is the most important thing.
1: Mm-hmm. There are a lot of challenges. I took
2: education or CVA education from three different companies that came to teach us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like two days each. So it's like six days of training for me. No and kidding. And still, there's so much to learn. So you can imagine how to teach everybody. Like, people cannot take six days off to nope. do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What we did... Was when the the companies, the CDA companies left, we, like five of us doctors, we made PowerPoint presentations and tried to present it to our teams. But when we try during lunchtime, Mm -hmm. when we call the doctor, they're waiting for them, they never come and they say, I have a sick patient or I have a family meeting or something like that. So Mm -hmm. the education was very challenging. Then we thought, then the COVID came. Then we can't even do any classroom teaching. So then what we did, we made PowerPoint slides with voice recording. emailed it to everybody. I'm not sure how many took time to actually read them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Then what we did, we made a folder and put it in a chart in the office, in our hospital, trying to encourage people to go over there when there is a, there is a little bit of time. But I never saw anybody opening that folder and reading them yeah so what c b a should do or what hospitals should do, in mm-hmm. my view is that we need education. How do we do whether we do it in the classroom or whether we do uh, on an individual basis with a clinician clinician workflow? It depends on the doctors and the group so but what I definitely feel is everybody needs education and mm-hmm. the repeated reminders, yeah, and the c b a team whether they are in the hospital or coming from outside, if they teach a bunch of doctors, and then there should be a physician champion or two in the hospital, in each hospital, who should do continuous teaching. That means we have to give you the chart, and wherever the documentation is not good, speak to the doctor directly. Because otherwise, you can't teach everybody in a group. It's just so it's almost impossible.
1: I mean, it is impossible
2: <laughs> unless unless the doctors know all the information. Why they should do this? Because everybody knows, everybody is told, okay, do document better, you know, the denials will be there. But what is more than this? I think everybody should be taught how the reimbursement is done. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned about, you know, the fear of illness, risk of mortality, how they calculate, how they calculate observed to expected mortality ratio, how they do five star hospital ratings and how all these metrics are entered into hospital care or physician compare Medicare website. Mm -hmm. And when they have information like this, like why they're doing this, because if the hospital doesn't have five star rating, if they have like two star or one star, or if they have more observed mortality than expected, then nobody will come to the hospital and people won't have jobs. So it's a survival uh, benefit also that a CDA, good CDA education is important, which should improve the documentation uh, for all these reasons. So if we teach the doctors why they should do and improve the documentation and continuously evaluate timely on a time-to-time basis and help mm-hmm. them improve their uh, documentation, I think there is a, a very good chance that things will improve.
1: And let me ask a question and piggyback on that. And correct me if I'm wrong, the majority of the education that physicians do receive, whether it's from the CDI department of a hospital or consulting company or a combination or a hybrid model of the two, it really speaks towards diagnosis that impact reimbursement or help the hospital. Do you see a vision? Do you see a model where... Uh, CDI profession can certainly take leaps and bounds and become more familiar with the standards of charting and help share that with physicians. Because I've had several physicians recently say, "I don't answer the queries," and I ask them, "Well, well, why don't you answer the queries?" And they'll say, "Well, we don't attend these sessions." And so their response was. Well, it's all about the hospital. What about us? What's, you know, that famous radio station, WIIFM, what's in it for me? I don't see much in the way of CDI helping physicians become more efficient. What is a good note? What is a solid note? When is it appropriate to copy and paste or copy, edit, or carry, pull forward, edit, and review, and then paste? What information do I need in my history of present illness to show medical necessity? What can I leave out that I'm including? Do you see traditionally physicians receiving this important information from CDI?
2: Absolutely. Um, what is a challenging point in all this is that physicians have very less time, like very limited time.
1: Mm-hmm. If
2: anything, to be, it has to be quick and in short notes. If we tell them, you know, uh, classroom class and then say, you know, take, uh, it takes an hour or two, then they won't show impress. But with regards to the documentation, benefits to the doctor, which yes. for me, because the, it saves time. They don't have to write a long note. They just need to point out the key points. And the physician compare website, Medicare maintains a website. And, all, and also we have other websites where physicians profiling is done based on their uh, case mix index and uh, risk of mortality observed to expected mortality ratio, their ratings also depend on their documentation. So there's definitely a benefit to improve each of their documentation and in in turn, it helps the hospital and they can probably give high-quality care and that's what they're meant for. Everybody wants to give high-quality care and be proud of it. So all these numbers are basically dependent on the documentation, like CC or MCC, or um, risk of mortality, or severity of illness, and all these patient safety indicators or present on admission, all these are dependent directly on the documentation, and physician profiling is going to improve. So I think it's the way we say we tell the doctors, how we tell them, because words are powerful, and we just need to put it in the right words to and make the doctors realize that this is all for their benefit.
1: And 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 the other thing is, a lot of times, I'm sure you receive text or pages or phone call, old-fashioned phone calls, from the case manager saying this patient doesn't meet criteria. Please change it to observation, or that the payer sees this as an observation. Please change. Is there any feedback as to what may be missing from the chart to make it an inpatient? Is that traditionally part of the CDI and case management education?
2: All those uh, status changes. Uh, the case managers review, and some of the times they directly reach the doctors. But other times they come to us, like as a physician advisor, I take time to review the whole chart and mm-hmm. then decide what the status, correct status is. So based on the insurance and based on the patient's condition and the, based on prior authorization, we do a lot of desk work before reaching the doctors. So sometimes when I text the doctors that the status needs to be changed and I give my cell phone number because I want them to discuss with me, you and discuss at with that you. time I educate them because they may have questions. They never heard like the way that we are thinking. Maybe they don't think that way. And I just, when they call me, I explain to them why this is the case and if it is a Medicare Advantage or if it is a Medicare patient or if it is, you know, 444. So I just explain them. And I think that kind of ongoing, it's called clinician workflow, like mix with the workflow, the teaching. Mm -hmm. I think that will work wonders rather than just telling them to come to the class, we'll do one hour session and go from there. That will be tough.
1: The last question I want to see, get your feedback on is, or your thoughts on, do you see any role in CDI breaking down silos and actually working with physician advisors and case managers in a unified approach to documentation integrity? Because I've always said, uh, CDI cannot do it alone. It's a monumental task or role. They play an important role as opposed to a task. And the role is, is made that more manageable when you're working with teams, when you're working with in a partnership uh, on behalf of the patient working with the attending and consulting physicians as opposed to just leaving queries. Do you see CDI going in that way? Do you see them moving along that continuum? Absolutely.
2: You are absolutely right. I feel that the physician advisors, case managers, CDI specialists, boarders mm-hmm. UM nurses, we're all one team. And actually, we are the backbone of the entire hospital finances, and the quality of care that we had right. And we all should work together. So when we took the education, like five doctors and another four or five CVI specialists, then coders, um, well, we were all in the same class. And we worked together, we had meetings together. And uh, we always felt that that's the right thing to do. And some of the information, for example, the insurance authorization prior authorization uh, yes the sir. the, the u.m nurses we don't know the case managers they know what the procedure was agreed for by the insurance company mm-hmm. they may say it's a soru or it is the inpatient but i wouldn't know and i have to get that information from them and convey it to the doctors if they only approved observation status the, but the doctor the surgeon put the patient in inpatient status then I have to explain them. The patient is agreed upon only for this, unless there is a complication that arises after the surgery and the patient needs longer stay. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important that we all work together because when it comes to coding or when it comes to MCC or CC capturing, the CDA specialists know that as a physician advisor, I wouldn't be able to see all the charts. So mm-hmm. I have to get information from them. So this is a continuum. We have to all work like a team. Then only the things will be very successful.
1: Yeah, and that's just not what I'm seeing in the industry. I'm hoping blogging and promoting and advocating and making a compelling argument for CDI working with case management and UR, particularly in cases where the insurance company is likely to say observation before even before calling in to get an authorization, why not take the time to look at the documentation together with physician advisor, case manager, and slash UR and uh, CDI to see, okay, what pieces of documentation could be solidified, could be enhanced without adding more just for the sake of more documentation. And I think you can agree the biggest challenge of the case managers is poor documentation. The patient's story is not well executed in the history of present illness. The HPI is more like a past illness. You probably see this. Am I correct? Do you see this quite frequently? You're reading the H&P and trying to find the patient in the story.
2: You're right. Actually, um, with time, when we are um, working together, I think we should collect all the issues that are coming up with a group of doctors. For example, in the history of present illness, the patient may be telling some complaints or signs of symptoms at the time of admission. Mm-hmm. And uh, we should tell the admitting doctor, document every symptom they say, they tell you. That's so right. If you miss one or two, then later you cannot claim that the condition was present on admission. So such things like that, suppose patients find out AMA against medical advice, the insurance company, especially if it is a Medicare advantage, they want uh, in a clear documentation. What all you did to prevent a readmission, and then they would approve for inpatient. Otherwise, if that documentation is not there, they will say it's only observation. You didn't do anything. You just released the patient. They didn't try to even prevent a readmission, so we won't pay. Uh, That's right. For it,
1: it all goes back to good documentation, and the biggest challenge, you know, in closing. And I want to see what your last thoughts are. The biggest challenge is. Physicians are harried. they got so much to do. they got so many competing forces, just as we spoke earlier. You've got a case management meeting, multidisciplinary rounds. You've got a family meeting. You're on committees. You've got to get your CMEs. You may have grand rounds uh, once a month or once a week to get your CMEs. That doesn't leave a lot of time for charting. Charting tends to, take a sec- like you said, take a back seat. But it really can't take a back seat because, just like you said, documentation is fundamental to the revenue cycle and quality of care if you second guess or put on the back burner documentation who suffers the patient suffers they may not get the right level of care they may not get the authorization for post-acute care because you don't have a good patient story so how to
2: make documentation not a second priority
1: yeah, how do you do that? Let's close with this because that, that's what I'm getting pushed back. I had one physician recently tell me, Dr. D, if I had a document the way I'm supposed to, I'd be killing off patients. I said, excuse me? He said, I'd be killing off patients. Why is that? He says, because I would have no time to see patients. And I say, but your fellow hospitalists are complaining that your documentation, when they come back to, after being off seven days, they have no idea where you left off. Not fair to the hospitalist, is it?
2: hmm So I think, as I said earlier, information is powerful. If we tell the doctors that each attending's note is read by at least 20 people, it may be the, you know, the staff that work in the hospital, insurance company people, even the patients. Nowadays, the charts are made open charts, so patients have access immediately. Yes, right. So that's mm-hmm. note, that note better be very clear very crisp and to the point, accurate and timely. This kind of information, when they know that this note is so important for so many things, like the ones that I mentioned about five-star rating or reimbursement and status change from inpatient to ops or ops to inpatient, we have these 30-day readmissions, 30-day mortality, so many ways this note will be made useful for so mm-hmm. when they know this, they will know how important this note is. Because when somebody says note is second priority, they don't have this information. This is my best thinking. If they know this, I know this, I feel that note is the primary thing, are equally important, along with the quality of care for the
1: patient. That's absolutely right. Dr. D, any closing remarks? We really appreciate your insight. Anything you want our listeners to take the most important takeaway point?
2: The most important takeaway points are the doctors are very busy, especially as the hospitalists are quickly care doctors in the hospital. Yeah. If new education needs to be given, it should be crisp. It should be like bullet points. And what we need to do, that's all we need to know, and why we need to do Very quick and very crisp Mm point. And if possible, uh, make it uh, work with our workflow. That way, we won't have to take extra time. And that become very easy for the CDI team. Also, the education part is the most important, make it easy for us.
1: That sounds great. Dr. Ds, thank you so much. Just so everyone knows, there's a host of different guest podcasts. We have lots of physicians, some CDI leadership professionals, a coaching a person who is in HIM coaching. Please go to check your favorite um, modem or medium for uh, like iTunes and so forth to get your podcast. And if you go to my website, core-cdi.com, I have lots of resources and blogs there. So Dr. D, I wanted to thank you so much for your time and your ideas of how CDI can become much more efficient at helping physicians work smarter, not harder in the interest of patient care. So thanks again, and we look forward to our next podcast.
0: Thank you for listening. Glenn Kraus can be found on LinkedIn. Make sure to subscribe to Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks on Anchor.fm or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to also visit core-cdi.com for CDI and Revenue Cycle Consulting Services and topgunauditschool.com, a coaching service for hospital and clinicians. This podcast was produced by medicalcodinggeek.com. Cook